Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. We are so happy to welcome Maureen Twahirwa joining us today from South Sudan. Maureen is a Rwandan citizen, and she's a a mother who is passionate about advocating for women, girls, and young people. And she's worked in the private sector as well as national and international organizations to make that difference. Welcome, Maureen. We are so happy that you're here. Thank you, Yadit and Sharon. Pleasure to be here. It's great to be talking with you, Maureen. We'd love to know what brought you to South Sudan. I left my country. Uh, actually, this September is when I made the year and I posted, yes, I left home to make home better. And when I said, I left home to make home better, and people said, wasn't it better before? So it was better, but again, better for myself and also better for the community that I wanted to serve. So professionally, it's a career growth, always happy at every level, and I'm always satisfied at every level what I do, but also wanting to do more for myself and for the community. So I left my country because I had served within the refugee camps, within the private sector, with the government, with the donors. And I was really happy of what I always do. And when I got an opportunity in Sudan, South Sudan, to actually continue what I've been working in Rwanda, I said, this is a perfect opportunity. But also looking at South Sudan that has come out of war, uh, conflict towards the independence and also getting the independence, but also having conflict. So from there, I truly understand the challenges around because back home, we've gone through the same. So I understand the challenges of women. I understand the challenges of girls and young people, especially when it comes to GBV, it comes to their rights. Will you explain what GBV is? Ending GBV is uh, ending gender-based violence. So that's a journey for myself to leave home for myself, but also for the people that I know that I'm passionate on serving and making really a life-changing impact in their lives. And an impact is a wide range. One, to be socially empowered, economically empowered, health-wise, and also looking at their rights. Are you able? Rights doesn't mean confrontation, but understanding one another, what are my rights and what are your rights and how do we coexist in the society? I think that's it. You are passionate about having young people's voices heard. Do you feel and have you felt over the course of your life that your voice was heard? Yes, these are privileges that we get. Sometimes we don't understand that it was actually an opportunity that some people out there don't have. And how does it come? Either through the background in the upbringing 
or you lose it because of the society, the community, or you lose it because of the political environment that you are in. But if you're lucky to have a supporting uh, system, family-wise, the country as well, so you find the space really to yourself uplift your voice to, to put out yourself there. But looking at the two countries where I come from and where I'm, where, where I'm working, I wouldn't want to compare because every country has its own journey towards development. Every country has its own challenges towards development. You may be doing great at this, but not doing great on the other. So I feel like the people need to know that actually empowering the young people, not seeing them as threats towards insecurity, because in South Sudan, it's 73% of the young people. This is a huge population, and they should be seen as a potential towards developing the country, security-wise and development. So it's a potential of the strength of the young people that should be invested in to ensure that sustainable development is achieved. Maureen, what inspired you in your own life to have this passion and this you know, courage to go make a difference? One is to see everyone thrive in the society, whether a man, whether a woman, whether a young person. It's always good to see everyone thrive. Because if you live out a small portion of society, you're not using the potential of that particular percentage of society. So I feel everyone is equal in the world. The potential of that percentage of a, a section of a population should always be utilized. Sometimes I, I want to do more beyond even what I'm supposed to do because I've gone through such a, a challenging situation and I've seen ourselves move somewhere. And if you heard people say, oh, Rwanda is doing great about this. So it's, it's not supposed to be kept out there. I feel I should also go out there. If an opportunity is given, I go out there and also do the best. Beyond the things that we discuss on policy and all that, there is also friendly conversation to someone as a human being. Say, do you know you should take responsibility of your life, of your community, of your country? So it comes as professional discussion, but also a human interaction to show that responsibility is there. I may not be perfect myself. I also keep learning from others, but I feel what I have, I should give it out. If you were to look back as a child, do you feel like that was instilled in you or you saw it in someone else? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? As a child, of course, you watch movies, you watch TV, you watch people speaking, you attend events. You keep changing from being wanting to be one person to the other to the other because there are many people, good people to learn from, and you want to be so-and-so. However much I'm changing my dream career like any other child, I always wanted to be among also those who are best. If they are best doctors, I'd be best in medicine. If I'm best to be a lawyer, so all that, I thought I should be part of the best. If they are very best people in community giving, I should be part of the best. If I'm their best speakers, I should be, you know, I keep on changing, but also learning, learning. There are people who inspire us, but also myself as a mother, we know that there is a huge gap on the gender equality 
when it comes to professionalism, the community perceptions, even in advanced level, not only at the lowest level. There are differences in terms of hiring, there are differences in terms of capacity, perception, and all that. But I said as a woman, I needed to make family. But also I keep my professional dream to say, I need my career. I need to grow from a local or national staff to an international person. Tell us about your move from Rwanda to South Sudan, an experience that you had in that move that helped you understand that this was a good decision for you. I always gave myself to say, if there's something better, I should be part of that better. But again, as I pursue my career, I also make sure that I don't forget my responsibilities as a mother. And one would wonder, how are you mothering children when you're very far? So I had to plan and say, when is it the best time for me? Of course, people plan, but also plans mature along the way or doesn't work out the way you feel it should have worked out. I had a time to look out for international positions, and then I applied. While applying, I was looking for different things in my applications. Why is it very far from home? Why are opportunities around near home? What are the privileges around the opportunity that I'm going to get? What am I going to give in? I was looking at all that. I had time to discuss with my family and I involved my children. And we had almost a long time of discussion until I really got support from them to say, yes, mother, you can go and make it. And every time I'm working, I make sure that I keep in touch with them. There is technology and we have to use it. So I make calls. I follow up to say, how are you? Who needs this and that? I keep on video calling with them so that I make sure that while I'm doing my work, while I'm giving back to the community, I also care about myself. So you bring about something that I think perhaps the women who are listening can be inspired by because, you know, you talk about being courageous enough to take on an opportunity when also the responsibilities of family and, and from the outside looking in, there, there are many who can see that and think, well, that, that that's a selfish move because you have family. So how did you fight against the thought of how that can be perceived, putting your career over your family? I had time to plan and and I'm grateful that the time I planned to say I'm, I'm ready to move, it happened. So when I had small young family, I had to wait mm. and also make sure that I have the kids. I am not imposing my opinion to anyone because if you get an opportunity and you have a one-year child, it's up to you to discuss with your family, agree on how to do the arrangements. But for myself, my case, I, I wanted not to have a little baby that I'm leaving home. So I had to settle for family first. And then when I felt, yes, I'm ready also to pursue my other international dream, I had to discuss with my husband and my kids. Even before the opportunity showed up, I would tell them, I want to move international. So we would discuss around it, we would discuss around it. And then this opportunity came, I had to apply. I said, should I apply? So actually we were on their computer, all of us applying together. <laughs> and then when I started interviews, they said, oh, this, 
this is going to go through. I think we are not ready. Ready? He said, okay, we can discuss about sharing the cake before it is on the table. So it was a journey that I went through them, but having them as my really support system makes me stronger to stay and work. But also I make sure that I return home, whether on the, I make use of my, my leave to ensure that I'm home. When I'm not home, there is also technology that we make use of. It has also made life easier. Technology, thanks really to it. We make phone calls. We get make sure that we're into each other's life, going to the bank, going to this. You are managing many responsibilities, your family and responsibilities for your professional life. When you need help, do you ask? Yes, I do ask for help many times because... It, South Sudan is a hard situation. It's an, a hardship situation Why you need to keep your uh, emotions, psychological, physical in good shape. You can't help another when you're not strong yourself. And we are not all 100% ourselves to be able to manage life alone. I do seek help several times because I want to be straight. I want to think straight. I want to be strong. And in that process of being straight and strong and giving out there, I need to care about myself through uh, even seeking help from a colleague around or from family back home or just a friend from, you know, community or from church. Just the support system around, I always seek help because at the end of the day, I want to be well, things well, keeps in good sanity so that I be able to do what I do. Maureen, how can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? I would encourage every woman and every girl to use their voice to encourage or to advocate for the others. Those who are privileged should be able to advocate and use their voice for the others who are still behind. And those who are not privileged to use their voices to make an alarm for anything to make a difference in terms of policies, in terms of services. So every voice matters. It may be a voice for advocacy. It may be a voice for a need of service. It may be a voice for appreciation. It may be a voice for anything that is needed for. So I always say that if I'm privileged to be somewhere, I should use my voice to make a difference, maybe a voice to make change in terms of policy or service at the lowest level or highest level. So every voice matters. It's just the most important thing to give it value when the voice comes out. Thank you so much, Maureen. This has been um, just a wonderful time to get to hear your journey and your inspiration and um, the way in which you are really using your voice to make an impact on so many lives. Thank you for being with us. To our listeners, as always, um, thank you for making the time to listen to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. Really, thank you for the opportunity. And I hope as you, we started saying that I moved to make home better, but also to make a difference in somebody's life, to inspire. Thank you so much. Yoti, thank you for your patience and your wisdom. And we also send thanks to the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast, Lisa Dejavine. 
So Maureen, is there anything that you would like to say as we close? I hope my story will be important for another person to listen and be inspired. If I can make it not very far, but at least where I am, anyone can do it. And I still have a long journey to go ahead. I'll still go and move. Thank you. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.